Welcome to the new. Every experience with God's Word promises to be refreshing and transformational. Receive today's message with high expectations as it brings power, light, and a fresh anointing to your life. I ask that you will cause these leaves of clay to speak your counsel. That the blessing may be for your people. That the name of Jesus may be exalted. And that your kingdom, your purpose, your will and agenda may be advanced. Thank you because you are the one that does exceedingly abundantly above all that we can ask or think. And we thank you because in this place that is what you will do. For in Jesus name we pray. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Ephesians chapter 4 from verse 14 to 15. It says that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men in the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting, but speaking the truth in love may grow up in all things into him who is the head Christ. Come on, let me tell you, they say God wants you to grow up. Okay, let me tell someone else, say God wants you to grow up. The purpose of ministry gifts, one of the purposes of ministry gifts is to help us grow up, to develop, not to be tossed to and fro, uh, to become established in the truth of who God is, who we are, our identity in Him, what He has provided and supplied for us, and to be able to express those things. God doesn't want us to, you know, uh, today you hear something and you say, oh, it's, uh, it's a good thing. And then, you know, you drop what you've had before and then you carry, get swung or carried away by that. And then two years later, you come back and, you know, uh, why did I drop it? Okay, I, I'm now holding it. There's a tendency to go to the extreme. You can fall into the extreme on the right hand or the left hand. But what God wants us to do is stay in the middle of the road and grow up. Every time you say, grow up. You know, the Bible says a, a child, as long as it's a child, is under tutors. He can receive what belongs to him. But when he comes of age, he's able to walk in the things that belong to him. There are certain things that God will not tell us because we are not even matured to receive them. There are some conversations I have with my 16-year-old that I don't have with my 80-year-old. My 16-year-old, we talk about sex. We talk about, you know, what you can do and can't do with people, how you can handle or not handle people. My 80-year-old says, where do babies come from? And then um, God gives babies. My 16-year-old, sit down. There is spam, there is ovum. This is the way it happens. You don't want to do that right now. When we grow up, we're able to have some conversations. God is able to reveal certain things to us and talk to us about certain things because we are growing. But if we are not growing, then... God can have those conversations. There's so much that God has for us that he wants to tell us, but we are not in a position to receive them because we are not growing up. And one of the things that causes us not to grow up is when we are just all over the place. Listen to this one, and drop that one, change that one, drop that one. You've heard about confession now. You know, you drop confession. It's, um, you know, being stripped naked in the middle of the night to pray that that's what you are doing now. And after a while, you drop that one, it's this one. You know, come let me tell your neighbor, say, grow up. And God has provided ministry gifts to teach us so that we can grow up. Hallelujah. Now, I've said these things because of what I want to teach. I want to, I want to talk about what I call the blessing of giving. The blessing of giving. 
A lot of times when we were given, uh, some people think, oh, they want to take from me. And then when you go online and uh, you hear people talk about these things, they say, oh, you know, uh, what the preacher wants is to get your money. And so you come from a place of hearing faith, and then you go out there and you hear these things, and then you are not sure. And then people start writing things like, well, you know, I love going to church. I really am a Christian. But when it comes to my money, I just keep my money because I'm not letting any preacher get anything from me. But you know what has, what's happening there? You are not walking in the full measure of what God has prepared for you. You are not growing up. In this season, we are talking about prosperity, and we need to understand prosperity, the different aspects of it. In fact, you know, in talking about prosperity, over the years, I've, 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 I've preached, I've studied, I've learned from other people. One, three things stand out to me. The first one is this, the foundations of prosperity that must be in place. The foundations of prosperity that God has prospered us already. The identity, our identity in him. We are not trying to get things. I mean, powerful session today by Pastor Shola. Knowing who we are, our identity. It's one of the major foundations that we must settle when it comes to prosperity. So that we are not running elter-skelter. We are not, we are not, I mean, we are not trying to do what is not necessary to do. Our identity, making God our source. Those foundations of prosperity, the purpose of prosperity. Understanding those things. And the second part is this, the actions of prosperity. The giving side. The walking side. Amen? Amen? Hallelujah. Because, you know, if you hear about the giving side, you say, I'm giving now. So what was I'm, I'm sitting at home waiting for, you know, my harvest to come in. There's a walking side to prosperity. And then the third part is an anointing for prosperity. An anointing that comes upon you for you to make moves that people don't even understand. Why is he making those moves? It's stupid for you to make that move at that time. Why are you liquidating your, I mean, your investment and then two weeks later everything falls apart but you've, you've gone out of the market? The anointing that comes upon you, giving you strategies, divine ideas, and, and giving you insight to do things unusually. And so there's a foundation. There are the actions of prosperity, the things we do, and then there's anointing of prosperity. And when we're establishing all of these three, then we can walk fully in the prosperity that has been made available for us. And so you're not going out there, you know, your Twitter, I mean, Twitter move today, Instagram push tomorrow, and you know what, I, I'm not going to church, I'm going to church. You know, you, you, you're established. And you stand on that journey of prosperity and you look back at what God has done in your life and you say, God has done this for me. Hallelujah. God has brought me this far. Let me tell anybody, say, God wants you established. Let me tell someone else, say, God wants you established. And so we must know these things. We must understand these things. The blessing of giving in the kingdom of God, uh, we operate differently than we operate in the world. In the world, they tell you the way to have is to get all you can and can it and sit on the can. But God tells us that the way to have increase in the kingdom is to give. The apostle Paul, you know, in his valedictory speech to the church at Ephesus, he said, uh, I, I want to remind you of the word of the Lord Jesus. I said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. Let me tell anybody, it's more blessed to give than to receive. Ask a random guy on the street that doesn't know anything about Jesus. Say, how do you get? Say, ah, you know, just keep all you, all you can. 
Our kingdom is the upside, right side up kingdom. You know, they think that we got things, I mean, the wrong side, the, the, the upside down. But we have the right side up. What did Jesus say? He said, if, if I mean, love your enemies. Pray for those who despitefully use you, right? Uh, bless those who curse you. I mean, if somebody curses you, what do you do? What does your flesh want to do? And that, maybe we should ask that play. Some people will resurrect their old man. Say, old man, come. Deal with him first. And then you bury the old man back later. Say, I'll repent, I'll repent in church on Sunday. He just said, if somebody slaps you on the right, say, ah, I just didn't. <laughs> I had someone say, Jesus said, you should pray for those who curse you. He didn't tell you what to pray. Of course, what did he, what? <laughs> what should you pray? At least it's God answering the prayer. What, what will you pray? God. Uh, some people have killed everybody. Oh, <laughs> hallelujah. Are you getting blessed this afternoon? Okay. So we're the upside kingdom. The way to get ahead is to walk in love. You see, there's a natural way of operating. That's the low level of operating. I will get even. You know, in the office, uh, when somebody makes a mistake, you now write an email and copy everybody, you know, uh, as per my mail below, see where you made a mistake. You copy their boss, copy their supervisor, copy their manager, copy your own. I'm, I'm good. That's not the let me tell you that's not the way of the kingdom. We don't pull people down to get ahead. Love works no ill to his neighbor. And we don't walk in love in church only. We walk in love everywhere. That's our nature. That's who we are. This is the way we live. That's the way of the kingdom. We are members of God's kingdom. Let me tell you neighbor say we are members of God's kingdom. This is who we are. Hallelujah. All right, let's get into it. I'm going to tell you as many of the blessings of giving as I can until my time is up. Okay? All right. I think I've got a lot of time. My goodness. Then you get someone and say, ah, I don't have time again. <laughs> okay. Praise God. All right. The blessing of giving. Number one, giving brings increase. Giving brings increase. The way to increase is to give. It's not a prosperity preacher that came up with it. It's not someone that wants to get your money that came up, came up with it. To increase, you must give. Let's look, at, let's look at those scriptures. Number one, Proverbs 11, 24. Uh, you know, we just let the scripture speak. Proverbs 11, 24 to 25. There is one who's... Let's, can we... Okay, let's all read it. The New King James Version. Are you ready? It's on the screen, but if you don't trust the screen, you can bring it up in your Bible. You know, when we come to church like this, there are some people that don't... They are unbelieving believers. I don't know him. This guy that came from Texas. And then you start looking for why you can't believe him. Amen? And then, you know, there are some people like, bless me if you can. You know, I've been in meetings where, you know, maybe Reverend Victor is minister saying, okay, we want to minister people, pastors, go ahead and lay hands on people. So I'm standing like this, bless me if you can. I, I can't. I can't. And you know, not to waste your time, not to waste my time, I just skip you. And I go to someone that is hungry, that is, that is ready to receive. Amen. I was trying to minister the Holy Ghost to someone. Years ago, I think I was, uh, and the guy was, he was taller than me. I mean, I'm tall, but the guy was taller than me. And he stood like this. And he was looking down at me. I thought, well, if I have anything to give you, it's not going to work. So I moved on. Amen. Are you ready to be blessed this afternoon? All right, let's look at it on the screen. Let's read together. One read.
Verse 25. The Bible just told us. There is one who scatters, who gives, and yet increases. There's one who withholds more than his meat. Now, savings is good. Amen? But he says, there are some things that you withhold, there are some things that you give. It's not everything that you withhold. Everything that, that, that I mean, some of the things that come into your hands are not meant, some are meant for God, some are meant for other people, some are meant for savings. The generous soul. I mean, there's a spirit of generosity that you can have. Oh, I've been privileged to pastor, pastor churches where people are generous. I'm going shopping and I'm bringing something for you. Oh, I cooked yesterday, I'm bringing something for you. Oh, I'm thinking of you, I get, brought you this gift card. There's a spirit of generosity that you can have. And you know, it's all over the place. You don't have a car. Okay, I'll lend you this car. There's a spirit of generosity. And when God blesses you, you can keep the car, you can keep the You know, people, people will literally start shedding tears like, why do, what, what do you, why do you give me to this? And there are some other people. They'll be so bad. <laughs> One day, my wife blessed somebody with something. She said, ah, ha, ha, ha. He said, I know, I know how it goes. You now start blessing me and then you now start asking me to carry your bag. I looked at her, I looked at my wife. I'm thinking, who hurt you? Who did this to you? Who did, they really did a number on you? Come and say, I have the spirit of generosity. A generous soul will have more, will increase. Hallelujah. Let's, let's look, let's just say that's the Old Testament. Let's go Galatians 6 from verse 7. Galatians 6, 7 to 10. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, that he will also reap. Again, don't be deceived. You know, there are some people out there that say, oh, sowing and giving, uh, the law of seed, seed time and harvest, is, it doesn't mean what it means. I mean, look, this, I like this scripture because it answers every question. Uh, you know, years ago, when, you know, I, I started getting taught prosperity, uh, giving tithes, and then, I mean, you know, like every 10 years, something will come up, the tithing is, the is dead, is done with, and then, you know, they'll preach it, and then, you know, actually, I went to do my own research. Like, okay, if I'm a preacher and I practice this thing, I should be able to answer every question. So I gathered every question that people had. It's only that, you know, I found out that I can't teach everything I know. <laughs> or else the, the sermon will be everlasting. We won't finish it. You know, we just, we, keep, we just keep preaching it on. So I gathered all the questions that people had about different things when it comes to finances. Oh, the tithe, offerings. Different. I gathered all the questions. And I began to study going into scriptures because I must be able to convince myself that what I'm doing is the truth. So when people come around and say the tithe is dead, the person that will collect it is dead, and you know, all of those things, I just go back into the scriptures, just steer myself up again. Thank you, Jesus. Become established, become grounded, not tossed to and fro. And so he says, Do not be deceived. Don't be deceived. God is not mocked. If you say that a man doesn't reap what he sowed, you are deceived. And God is not mocked. 
let's go, let's go, let's, let's read that, let's go on. Verse 8, it says, For he who sows to his flesh will of the flesh reap corruption, but he who sows to the spirit will of the spirit reap everlasting life. You see, the law of Satan and harvest works both in the natural and in spiritual things. That's why he said you can sow to the flesh. You can sow to the spirit. You can do things that are sowing to the flesh. Now, it doesn't mean that you take, um, um, what do you call it? Corn seed. I say, I'm sowing to the flesh. That's not what he's saying. He's saying you can do things that are seeds of the flesh that leads to reaping corruption. But you can do things that are seeds to the spirit that brings an abundance of spiritual life. So when somebody is praying, praying the spirit every day, wakes up, prays one hour in the time, I mean, one hour in the spirit, makes confession of God's word. I mean, he's listening to God's word. He's doing things that are so, that are seeds to, into the spirit, and they will bring forth a harvest. But when they wake up, uh, what, what do they do when they wake up? Those who are sowing to the flesh, we don't know, right? What do they do? Turn on the TV. No, no, TV is too far. Instagram. Hey, man. Years ago, I saw one guy on Instagram. He said, I've just woken up. I'm praying now. Praying now. I'm praying now. Okay. I'm confessing the word now. Confessing the word now. Okay, at least it's inspiring some people. Let me tell you, I never say, don't sow to the flesh. Say, sow to the spirit. Now, it now tells you, don't. Don't make it uh, super spiritual. It's not anything super spiritual. This is the law of Satan and harvest. Works in natural things, works in spiritual things. It now breaks it down. Let's, let, let's go to the next verse. Verse 9. And let us not grow weary while doing good. Doing good is sowing seed. And this, this scripture says so. Let, let's look at it. For in due season we shall reap if we do not lose that. Lest you start saying, uh, you know, is the good things he's talking about is praying in tongues. and No, it's not just praying in tongues. It's everything. Everything. Look at the next verse. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good. Doing good is sowing seed. When you pray for someone, when you give finances to someone, when you help someone, when you stand in faith for someone, when you are there for someone, he's saying doing good is so easy. It's seed. So when you give money, it's seed. So money is not seed. Money is seed. Do good to all, especially those who are of the household of faith. Let me tell you, everybody say, don't grow, grow weary. Say, don't get tired in doing good. Say, don't get tired in sowing seeds. Say, don't get tired in giving money. Don't get tired in praying for people. Don't get tired in standing for people. Do good. Do good. One more scripture. Second Corinthians 9, 5 to 10. You know, sometimes, you know, in some studies, I just say, okay, what did Jesus say about this thing? And you just go to scriptures, what Jesus said about it. You know, I was, I was looking through my notes recently, and I'd done a study on what Jesus said about fighting. So he didn't say a lot of things. And so I, I did a study on what Jesus said about a lot of things. Just to say, uh, you have heard that it was said, now I say, this is, he corrected some things. When he came to tight, he said, that you ought to have done and not left this undone. He corrected what he needed to go. I mean, the Bible is clear. 
Glory to God. Are you getting blessed this morning or this afternoon? All right, 2 Corinthians 9, from verse 5 to 10. Therefore, I don't it necessary to exhort the brethren to go to you ahead of time and prepare your generous gift beforehand, which you had previously promised, that it may be ready as a matter of generosity and not as a grudging obligation. But this I say, he also sparingly will reap sparingly. Let me tell your neighbor, say, if you sow sparingly, or say, if you sow so little, you reap little. So if you sow nothing, don't be deceived. God is not mocked. You will reap nothing. So if I'm not giving, I'm not increasing. You know, one of the challenges we have in the body of Christ is this. We want to do the world and do kingdom. So they say, oh, the preacher wants your money. You know, but everybody wants your money. Walmart, I mean, uh, ShopRite wants your money. But you don't have a problem with ShopRite. I mean, ShopRite having your money. It's only in church that you have a problem. Everybody wants your money. So believers want to walk like this. One leg in the kingdom, one leg outside of the kingdom. And they want to start walking like this. You know what Jesus says? He said, he's a man that is unstable in all his ways. He said, let that man think that he will, not, he will receive anything from the Lord. Why? He's unstable. He's unstable in all his ways and he won't receive anything. So you sow little here and then you do little kingdom and you say, ah, oh, God is not blessing me. It's because you're unstable. He says, let not that man think he will receive anything from the Lord. And it's not God we told him. It's only that it doesn't go that It doesn't work that way. It doesn't work that way. Come and say, prosperity is mine. You know, if, if, you, if you read the curse of the Lord in Deuteronomy chapter 13, my goodness, I was preaching one day and I just like branched. Like, let's, let's just look at what it is. Because sometimes you do, people don't know. It said you have scratches and crocro. If there's anything, you understand what I'm saying? It said you will have two months and boils. It said you will build a house, you will not live in it. He said, somebody else will live in it. You get betrothed to a somebody, and then somebody will marry your wife. Uh, he said, uh, what, what does it say? Someone said, Pastor, I don't know what he says. <laughs> okay. Come and say, I'm blessed. He said, the force of the blessing is upon my life. Say, I'm making progress. I'm making progress. I'm going forward. I cannot be stopped. I cannot be suppressed. I cannot be oppressed. I'm pushing boundaries. I'm breaking boundaries. I'm busting forth in the name of Jesus. Glory to God. So Paul was writing to the Corinthian church and he was saying the things that you have, there was a famine in Jerusalem and the church at Corinth were preparing gifts to send to Jerusalem. And this is what he said. He said, get it ready. He said, but realize that this seed you are sowing Paul called it seed. What you are giving as a, he said seed. He said, now I want you to know that he who gives much will receive much. He who gives little will receive what? He will receive little. So let each one give as he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. Verse 8, and God is able to make all grace abound toward you, that you always having all sufficiency in all things may have an abundance for every good work. That is, when you start giving, God starts putting things in your head, you get to a place where you have abundance. 
you're able to give to others. You know, I, I, I love it when, when I'm able to help others. One day, you know, my, my wife said, um, one of her classmates died and they put it in the chat group that he died. And you know what? That she wants to send some money to, to the guy's wife. So she sent some money from her account. But the name, it's a joint account, my wife and I, but my name is first. And so the person saw my name and I went on Facebook and sent me a message saying, my husband never talked about you. But I saw that you sent me some money. I just want to say thank you. And so I said, oh, I, I don't know your husband. It's my wife that knows your husband. And so I get home and my wife, I'm like, ah, so you sent, ah, yes. Uh, the person reached out to me. I said, okay, yeah. And then the next one said, we're sending again. I said, is he now a thing? I said, it's a thing. I said, what does it, it doesn't, it doesn't, I mean, it's something we love to do. And so it became a part of our lives. The person didn't, didn't have to push it, force it. We keep doing it as long as we are led to do it. <laughs> so one relative of ours, you know, an older person just reached out to me one day and said, uh, you know, I think, I think he, he, he cultivated me. Oh, how, how did they do it? What did they say it? He sent me a message like three months before. How are you doing? It's good to see you. I'm like, okay. They prepped me and then I fell into the trap. I said, ah, Uncle, how are you doing? Like, three months later, I said, I need help. So I told my wife, I said, oh, this person he has never asked me for anything. Less. So I said to him, I said some hundreds of thousands. And then I got a message towards the beginning of the second month. He said, so we are expecting this month. So I just generally ignored all the messages. I didn't block him, but I never picked his call. So one day I was reading my Bible. It was early in the morning. I was reading my Bible. His call kept coming in. And I, when I, I mean, I saw my phone vibrate. I picked it up. Just put it aside. So I kept on reading my Bible. So I said, well, what's the problem? Give him. And like, he wants to make it a habit. God said, huh? what, what if he makes it a habit? You're blessed enough to be a blessing. So I kept on reading my Bible. <laughs> obeyed the Lord and I kept giving him every month and then every month he will send me a lot of prayers maybe he's typing it out let's honor Pastor T and Pastor Nida let's put our hands together it's a pleasure to have you here sir ma'am I said give and you're able to give you see an abundance comes how many of you Pastor Sholan stood on this pulpit and said we want to do so 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 you like ah, if I had it ah if I had it but do you know what? The way to heaven is by giving. Giving brings increase. Jesus said in Luke chapter 6 verse 38, give and it shall be given to you. Give. I said, oh no, he was talking about not judging others. If you read from verse 27, he was talking about everything. Give and it shall be given to you. Give love. Give a slap. And it shall be given to you. Good measure. Press down. Shake it together. <laughs> running over. Praise God. Number two. Giving shows our trust. Giving shows our trust. Who do you trust? What do you trust? Where is your trust? 
If you go to Genesis 22, verse 1 to 3, now it came to pass after this things that God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham, and he said, Hear him. Then he said, Take now your son, your only son. God knows what he was doing. God, God went straight to the point and he described it very well. You see, if God says, Give your suit, you can start saying, Which one? Is this the one that I bought for $200 or the one that I bought for $2,500? Give your shoe. Is this the one that I brought from? You understand what I'm saying? God was very specific. Now, Abraham, or is it Pastor Juan? Give your car, your only car. <laughs> One of my friends bought a car, and then he wake up in the morning and starts, you know, polishing the car. So his wife said to him, he said, ah, you're backsliding, you're backsliding. You used to pray before, now you're washing the car. You know, when a guy gets a car, I mean, your young man gets a car, you, want, you polish that car. You walk on the car. The tire, the tire. In fact, when you're driving through rough places, you'll be like, I mean, why, why didn't they tire this road? Huh? You don't even want the tire to get dirty. God say, now Abraham, get your son, your only son, whom you love. God was very specific. Now, don't say God doesn't ask that. I was sitting in service one day, and God said, give. I mean, I was feeling cool with myself. I had some savings. Hallelujah. Come on, let's put our hands together for Dr. K. Love you, sir. Take everything. I mean, I was feeling cool. I'd saved all some money. You know, when they tell you save, and you know, I was in that place. I was getting some income, and I saved, and I was sitting in church, just minding my own business, listening to the word, and God said, give everything. So that's the time, time people now start saying, is that me? Is that God? Is that the devil? When was the last time you and the devil had a chat? <laughs> and, and you know it's not you because you don't want to give it. You, you don't want to give it. You have plans for it. But God is saying, give, give it. Your only son whom you love. You know, the Bible says in Hebrews 11, 17, it says, By faith Abraham, when he was tested, offered up Isaac, who had received the promise. You had received the promise, offered up his only begotten son. Of whom it was said, in Isaac your seed shall be called. That was his future. That was everything. God had told him, this is, the, this is, this is it. This is your future. And then God says, give it up. You know what? Abraham had gotten this to this place where he trusted God. I mean, one day God showed up and said, Abraham, now leave your father's house. I mean, if somebody shows up and said, let's go, you say, where? God said, just say, going, start going. And then the man kept going. In fact, if you read Genesis, it says something like, and then he pitched his tent again, where he had, instead of being at the first, I mean, at, at the beginning, he like, is the guy going around and around in circles? God said, a land I will show you. He just followed. He trusted God. Let me ask your neighbor, say, who do you trust? Where is your trust? Some trust in chariots. Some trust in horses. Some trust in their degrees. They trust in what they have. They trust in their connections. But God wants us to be in this place where we trust him wholeheartedly. Our trust is in God. He's the one that can make us. He's the one that's been helping us. He's the one that will take us there. Hallelujah. Come on, let me tell your neighbor. Say, neighbor, God wants you to trust him. 
1 Timothy 6, 17 to 19, command those who are rich in this present age not to be hearty, not to trust in uncertain riches, but in the living God who richly gives us all things to enjoy. Let them do good, that they be rich in good works, ready to give, willing to share, storing up for themselves a good foundation for the time to come. I trust God. So when he says, give the little you have, I give the little. Why? Because I trust him. Because if I give when it's little, when it's much, I'm able to give. Look, if you, if you don't give, if you don't give a tithe of $10, you can't give a tithe of $100,000. You'll be like, ah, hey, hey. My mama didn't send me to Lagos to count, I mean, to count bridges. Huh? 100000 Pastor doesn't need the money. But if I've trusted him in $10, I will trust him with 200 I will trust him with 1000 I will trust him with 100 why? Because I've learned to trust him in the little. You see, someone say, ah, well, when they say give, it's only those, it's only those who are working. I'm a student. Amen. Somebody, ouch. You know, when I was a student, and I heard things like, you know, uh, your level of finances right now is dependent on what you have been made. The seeds you have sown in the past. I'm like, I've not lived that long. I've not sown any seed. <laughs> but you know what? Your level right now is dependent on the seed you have sown in the past. I mean, when I hear testimonies, even in my whole life, my kids, I mean, releasing their faith for stuff. My, my son, oh my goodness. Say, I want, uh, I want um, PS or something. He'll just say something. I want something. I'll be like, go and believe God for it. And then he will write a confession. And then we start confessing. And then one uncle will just walk into a house. I'm like, so what do you want for Christmas? The guy here come he is very specific, straight. This is what I want. My, my daughter believed God for a bicycle once. We were going to bed that night, and she said, thank you, Lord, for bicycle. I said, what did you say? She said, thank you, Lord, for bicycle. It's, her brother had a bicycle. She didn't have one. She said, thank you, Lord, for bicycle. I said, you want a bicycle? She said, yes. Every night, she said, thank you, Lord, for bicycle. After a while, not to be a, an irresponsible daddy, I said, Let, let's go and find out about the bicycle. And so I walk in a bike store, I'm trying to find out how much the bike is. I was going to the office, and so I walked into the bike store, very close by, and you know, I'm, I'm, okay, how much that, okay, now, okay. So I'm about to walk out, and the guy says, the guy says, hey, do you want this bicycle? I'm like, uh, why? I said, I bought this bicycle yesterday. The tire was down. I brought it here so that it could, you know, pump up the tire. It's a brand new bicycle. Uh, and I wanted to leave here so I can pick it up when I'm coming from work, but they said they can't keep it. I need to take the bicycle out. I said, oh, okay, my office is there. I can keep it for you. You can go. He said, no, 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 I just want to give it away. And then I'm trying to argue. You're like, I can keep it. I said, Shut up. Take the bicycle. <laughs> and I go home and I give her the bicycle. Now, this is what happened. My uncle, who was living in Leighton in London, East London, just showed up in my house and says, you know, the other day I came, your son had a bicycle. Your, your, your daughter doesn't have a bicycle. I brought her a bicycle. Second bicycle. My wife's friend, who has a daughter who is older, who is the same age as the old, my, my older, her older brother, said, oh, my daughter had good this bicycle, so I brought it for you. In one week, she had three bicycles. So when I say, where you are right now is dependent on the seeds you've been sowing. I don't say, I haven't lived that long. <laughs> Let me tell you, say, sow your seed. Say, God is my source. We need to get to a place where we, 
The job is not my source. And let me say this, my parents are not my source. No, my God can use my parents. My parents are channels. God can use anybody. God, God fed uh, the prophet by the brook sheriff with bread and water. And then God said, now it's the widow that will feed you. God can use anything, anyone. And so I'm making provision. I'm opening myself up to God to use anything to bring the blessing. And so I'm not thinking that my job is my source, my, my, my connection is my source, or the people I know, or my background, or my pedigree. God is my source. And so I hope He can use anything. He can use anyone. And so on Monday, He might use you. On Tuesday, He might use her. On Wednesday, He might use him. God can use anybody. I'm just open to receive. Come and say, I'm open to receive. You know what Dr. K says? He said, when you, when, when you see someone that says, it seems as if I know you. He said, don't say I don't know. Don't say no, 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 you don't. No, no, no. This is the spirit of favor. Yeah, you know me. He said, well, yeah, I've been waiting for you. I have this contract for you because I know you. Just say, yes, 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 yes. The spirit of favor at work. Hallelujah. Number three, giving helps us overcome greed, selfishness, and covetousness. You see, the Bible says the prosperity of fools will destroy them. When we start going through this process, when God says, what do you have in your hands? Give everything. And it seems it's your last card. You know what? You are developing the character that will sustain you when you start walking, when you have too much abundance that it doesn't go to your head. Because you've learned to give. You've learned to obey God. So that when you have the millions, and God says, give millions. How many of you remember the story of the rich young ruler? He went to Jesus. He says, how may I have eternal life? He said, do all of this. He said, I've done that from my youth. He said, okay, you have everything. He said, now, one thing you lack. Go sell everything that you have. And then you, you know, it was the same thing that God did to Abraham. Now leave your father's house. The same thing, the same opportunity that God gave to Abraham. Take your only son. And then God said, in blessing, I will bless you. That guy could have had it. The Bible says, he went away sorrowful. Because his riches had him. Listen, when God starts, you know, asking us to give, giving us directions, go and give to that person, get involved in this, he's preparing us for that place so that the deceitfulness of riches won't come in. You know what the deceitfulness of riches is? Is thinking that wealth or having resources or having things will, will, you know, will make you become or become settled. If I can get a better job, if I can work one hour extra, if I can get extra shifts. And you know what? You're putting your trust in riches. If I can get another, I mean, there was a guy in my church just came to and said, oh, I need help with my, with my rent. So we helped him with his rent. A few months later, I said, I need help with my rent. A few months later, I'm like, okay, okay, what's going on? Sit down, let's talk. He said, and then when he started talking, he said, if I can get more shifts, can I get more? I was trying to get his money. It's not the shift. I mean, how will you try to use your lifeblood to walk to take the money and go and give it to someone else? If I can get another job, if somebody can help me, if my uncle can show up, if... No, 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 no. It's a deceitfulness of riches. And the flip side of the deceitfulness of riches is this. Uh, that I'm now settled, so I'm okay. I have good health insurance. I have money stored up. I have a good job. He has a pays pension. And so my life is okay. 
You know what the Bible says? Let them not trust in uncertain riches. And so, when we start learning to give, we learn to put God first. We learn to acknowledge God as our source. We are not into the deceitfulness of riches. We are, not, we, are not, we are not bound by greed. You know what greed is? Greed is when something is in control of your life. You want to get this, get that. Get, why are you getting? Ah, well, you know, I need to be stylish. You know, I need, you know, women don't always have clothes to wear. Say, Pastor, don't go there. Nah. I'm just saying, beware of greed. That's all I'm saying. And you know, the flip side of greed, oh, this, this, the flip side of greed is this you have stuff, you can't even use it because you're afraid of running out. So you start keeping the money. You start keeping the money. You start hoarding it. That's also greed. It's greed. So it's greed when it is not enough. It's greed when you have it and you can't even spend it on yourself. So how, 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 can I, how can I use that much money to take care of myself? But God gave, he gave us all these richly to enjoy. Come on, say nothing controls my life. Say things don't control me. Say I'm moved by the Holy Ghost. So giving help us come to this place. We, giving prepares us for the abundance that God has for us. So you are sitting in the house, you know. Look, 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 at, look at this passage of scriptures. Can you give me Deuteronomy chapter 8? Verse 6 to 18. I like this passage of scripture. Deuteronomy chapter 8 from verse 6. Therefore you shall keep the commandments of the Lord your God to walk in his ways and to fear him. For the Lord your God is bringing you into a good land. Somebody say good life. A land of brooks of waters, of fountains and springs that flow out of valleys and hills. A land of wheat and barley, of vines and fig, and fig trees. Um, pa, 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 pa. A land of olive oil and honey. A land in which we eat bread without scarcity. In which you will lack nothing. Let me tell you, I lack nothing. There's no scarcity of bread. We have. You know, people, people tell me, Pastor Dr. I'm coming to your house. Okay. I said, I know there is, there's always food in your house. I'm like, okay, yeah, there's always food in my house. There's no scarcity. There's abundance. Let's look at it. It says, a land in which you will eat bread without, in which you will lack nothing. A land whose stones are higher than that of whose hills you can dig copper. Next verse. When you have eaten and what? Oh, come on, you're not, you're not saying like I, like, I, like I want to hear. When you have eaten and what? So if you are not full, it's your decision. You're, you're dieting. Uh, yeah. When you have eaten and you are full, then you will push your plates and say, I bless the Lord my God for the good life which he has given me. Look at this. Beware, verse, verse 11. Beware that you not, not forget the Lord your God by not keeping his commandments, his judgments, and his starts command. Verse 12. Lest when you have eaten and are full and have built what? Oh, come on, I didn't hear you. It isn't say you just built one of them shackle houses. Say, ah, the Lord accepted us. We just put something together. I made it before I was 40. I bought my first house. And I said, the house like, ah. He said, it's a beautiful house. And dwell in death. Next verse. And when your herds, your flocks, your investments have multiplied, and all that you have is multiplied, 
When your heart is lifted up and you forget the Lord your God who has brought you out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage, God wants us to have those things but never forget. Come and say, I don't forget. Say, God is my source. Say, I'm walking in abundance. So when we are set with all this and then the anointing comes, hey, shakatatata, the anointing of prosperity, because we have settled, we're not, we're not, we're not greedy, we are not caught in, 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 in the situation of riches, our heart is set on God, we know God is our source. So when, when we have, I, I mean, I believe God that Dr. K will, will release an anointing, hey, amen, praise God. Come and say, Dr. K is anointed for me. Let me say this, let me address this. And I've seen this a few times online. Say, so how can you say somebody's anointed for you? Everybody's anointed. Yeah, you are anointed. The anointing which you have received from him abides in you. God's anointing is carried in vessels, in human vessels. So there's God now anoints people for you as well. That's how much he loves us. And so when the anointing is released and it starts flowing, all of a sudden you're worshiping and it's laid on you, something happens, you raise, and, and when you rise up, you write up as a strategy, a divine strategy. That's the anointing in, at work. Now, this is how you structure your business. This is how you handle this. Now, move that stuff there. Remove that stuff from there. Now, put some investment there. Why? Because the anointing came on you. Glory to God. There's no time again. Okay, let's do one more. Giving honors God. You see, every gift we first give, they say, oh, give your tithe, give your offering. It's first a gift of honor. It must first be honorable. You know, some people give what is not worthy of them. They sit down at a restaurant. They spent 250000 They get to church. Say, it's offering time, blessing time. And then they tip God. 20 naira. I mean, you're wearing something that is worth one million dollars. I mean, one million. <laughs> and you're sitting down there and it says offering. And then you're dancing. And then they say, bring out the offering. And then you start going to the bottom of the bed. Like, I don't, can, do, you have, do you have two, two hundred naira notes? Give me two hundred. Let me take hundred. So I want to give offering. Come on, let me tell you. I said, that's not worthy of you. And God told the nation of Israel. He said, you are, you are robbing me when you don't give things that are honorable. You know, in those times, they will bring offerings of lamb and sheep and goats. He says, when you bring that stuff, he said, go and give it to your governor. And the ones they used to bring, they were like, ah, that one, I don't think it will give that. Let's go and give that to God. He said, that one, he has a, he's blind in one eye. Let's go and give it. He said, that one, is, the leg is broken. Yeah, that's the one we'll use for offering. There was no honor in the giving. When we give our tithes, it should be the top. We give our, it's not after we have paid all the bills. Paid NEPA bills. What else do we pay? We pay, we pay salaries and we pay everything. Say, how much is left? Say, ah, okay, that can, that's enough for tithes. Okay, yeah, just give. Uh, but leave 50,000 so that, you know, the account doesn't go into red. No, we, we, we give to God first. We honor God first. We put him first. And that's, that's honor. See, it's acceptable because it comes from a place of honor. I honor God with my giving. And it's, that honor is first from the inside, from within. And then the actions that follow show the honor. 
Hallelujah. Are you here this morning, this afternoon? Okay, look at it. Mark 7. Okay, let's start from Proverbs 3.10. Proverbs 3, verse 10. Honor the Lord with your possessions. Somebody say, with my possessions. Say, everything I have belongs to Him. You know, several years ago, my wife and I opened an account to say, okay, this is the account where we put all our seeds. So when income comes, we take the tithe and we put it in there. See, that account never lacked money. I said, maybe I should switch it around. <laughs> it, there's always money in it. Once we honor God, God honors us in return. When I honor God, He honors me. Every gift we give is first a gift of honor. Hallelujah. Proverbs 3.10 Honor the Lord with you and with the first fruit of all your increase. So your bounds should be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. You know, honor can be measured. It's measured by our giving. You know, there are a lot of things you can't measure. So I say, you don't know how much I love God. We can measure it. It's measurable. Let's look at your time. It will show us how much. Let's look at what you use your money for. It is, so I say, ah, you can't measure how much I love my wife. Ah, we can measure it. We can measure it through your text messages, your forwarded Instagram stories and messages. My wife would be like, oh, I forwarded all this. You have not read all of them. I said, she, you know, she wants to start a conversation on what she forwarded to me. And I'm like, oh, so that thing I forwarded to you. I'm like, I'll be quiet because I know what's coming next. And I'm shaking my head. You haven't read. You have not watched it. It can be measured. Uh, uh. <laughs> I didn't say anything. Edit this part. <laughs> oh. Malachi 1 6 to 8. A son honors his father, and a servant is master. If then I am the father, where is my honor? If I'm a master, where is my reverence? Says the Lord of hosts to you, priests, who despise my name. Yeah, you say, in what way have we despised your name? You offer defy food on my altar, but say, in what way have we defied? By saying the table of the Lord is contemptible. And when you offer the blind as a sacrifice, is it not evil? When you offer the lame and sick, is it not evil? Offer them to your governor. Will he be pleased with you? Will he accept you favorably? Says the Lord of hosts. Hebrews 13, 6. I'm writing up, wrapping up now. But do not forget to do good and to, to share. For with such sacrifices, God is well pleased. I round up with these three things. Number one, everyone has the capacity to give. Let me tell you, neighbor, say everyone has the capacity to give. Say neighbor, you have the capacity to give. You know, the day I read this scripture, I think that, you know, there was a conspiracy theory in the Bible. For to everyone, Matthew, Matthew 25, 29, for to everyone who has more will be given. And he will have abundance. But those to him, but from him who does not have even what he has. Come and say, I have. God gives seed to the sower and bread. There are some things that are just seed. Let me tell you, anybody, say, don't eat your seed. I remember one time God told me, he said, don't eat your seed. I was scared. Don't. Like I quickly did another. What's the seed? Because there's no future if there's no seed. So 
Don't say, oh, I don't have a job. That's why I don't. No, no. You have. Let me tell you about say, you have. God gives seed to the sower and bread to the eater. And so when it comes to walking in prosperity, we must understand that giving is a major part of the actions of prosperity. Number two, what you do with little determines what it becomes. He who is faithful in little is faithful in much. I say, oh, you know, it's because I have little. When I have, I will give. No, no, God wants you to start giving right now. Right now. Not later. Not when you start another job. Not when you make enough money to pay all your bills and you have extra. Right now. Right now. Number three, giving gets God involved in our affairs. Oh, there's prayer, but there's also giving. You know, Jesus was talking in Matthew chapter 6, the, the Sermon on the Mount. He says, when you pray, don't do it this way, do it this way, because what? There's a reward. When you fast, don't do it this way, do it this way, there's a reward. And you know what he said as well? When you give, giving get God, gets God involved in the affairs of our lives. Child of God, don't be tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine. Become established in the truth of God's word. Giving brings increase. The way God has planned to increase us, to bless us, to take us forward and take us into the things he's planned for us is when we learn to give. Have you been blessed this afternoon? Did you hear something? All right, let's bow our heads quickly. If you heard something that you need to adjust, something that you need to change, something that, that needs to change, I want to go ahead and say, God, I, I receive grace. I, I receive your help. Is there an instruction that God has given you before and that you retreated right now when you, know, when you were hearing the word? I want to go ahead and talk to God. And I want to, to say to God, God, I'm ready for your anointing. So when you've made that adjustment on the inside, things are set. And when that anointing comes on you, oh, shatatatata, there's no devil in hell that can withstand and stop it. Oh, will you lift your hands to God and let's just give him praise and let's give him thanks. Everyone, oh, lift those hands to him. We bless you, Father. We give you glory, Father. We thank you for what you have done in these two days. How you have impacted us. How you have instructed us. Oh, we're grateful. Oh, we bless your name. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Come on, let me hear you shout aloud. Amen. We hope you were greatly blessed by today's message because God still has so much he wants to share with you. So stay connected every week to experience uplifting and life-changing moments in His presence.